We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. With the county championships in full swing and the games coming thick and fast, we're going to be joined on today's podcast by Cork and Clonakilty's Sean White. Clon got their championship campaign off to a winning start with an impressive win over Island Rovers last Saturday week. And we'll ask Sean for his hopes for the rest of the season and for his thoughts on Ronan McCarthy's departure as Cork manager. But Kieran, we have to start with the All-Ireland Camogie final, which saw Cork defeated by Galway after an epic in Croke Park on Sunday. As predicted, Ennis Gein's Orla Cronin was given the green light to start despite her red card in the semi-final versus Kilkenny, but even her brilliance wasn't enough for Paddy Murray's side as Galway ran out three-point winners to claim their fourth all-Ireland crown. As I said, Kieran, it was an epic encounter between the two best sides in the country. Unfortunately, Cork came out on the wrong side of it. But overall, what was your take having watched the game? Cork came, they saw, and they almost conquered. It was so close, Jack. Um, great effort by Cork. Uh, at the outset of the season, you were looking at Galway and Kilkenny as the top two sides in the country, and they have been for the last couple of years. Um, this was Cork's first All-Ireland senior final appearance since 2018, and they, they got there the hard way. They dethroned the reigning champions, Kilkenny, in the semi-final. So that set them up in good stead for the final against a Galway team that won this crown two years ago. And with 11 minutes left after Katrina Mackey got a, got a goal, Cork led 1-11 to 11 points. But it's still, we saw the experience of this Galway, to, this Galway team shine through and they finish much stronger. And to be honest, it was, it was our game management that stood out for me. They just knew what to do at the right times. And then it was a Siobhan McGrath got that, that crucial, crucial goal a couple of minutes from the end. And Galway just kicked on. But a, a great effort by this Cork team. And, it, and it's worth noting too, Jack, I would hear there, there was five, five All-Ireland final debutants on the Cork team. So you had the Coursey Rofers, duo of Fiona Keating and Saoirse McCarthy. You had 19-year-old Kira O'Sullivan from Newcestown. You had goalkeeper Amy Lee and you'd wing back Laura Hayes. So that's five Cork players playing their first senior All-Ireland final. So they'll learn from that experience and, and they'll, they'll get better for it. So Cork are down right now, but they're definitely not out. And this team is young enough and good enough to bounce back. But you're right about Orla Cronin too. 
magnificent game for, for what she went through in a couple of days beforehand. Um, she only found out at the 11th hour, was it very late Saturday night or early Saturday morning, the, D, the DRA gave her a kind of an interim relief to play in the All-Ireland Final on Sunday. Um, it's a very odd situation because that three-match suspension is still hanging over Orla Cronin and it's going to be dealt with at some point in the not-too-distant future. So you could still see Orla Cronin getting that three-match ban for that red card that she got against Kilkini. So it's a very... I know it's different to the game itself, but there's a precedent being set here now, uh, and it's a very dangerous precedent for, for any player that's sent off to get the suspension head up to a big game in an All-Ireland final, because now Orla Cronin... She got the interim relief, and I'm using the, the rabbit ears because that's what the official press release called it, to allow her play in the final. She played well, got six points, two from play, one of Cork's best players. But it opens another can of worms for the for, for GA, the Camogie Association, and so on. What if this happens again? Kieran, just on that then, we won't dwell too much on the precedent it may have set because obviously that's the can of worms you said that we don't necessarily need to go into just now but what about the actual effect that the build-up it said may or may not have had on Holly Murray's side because as you said we didn't know whether Orla Cronin was going to be involved until the very very latest moment possible and before that point we were under the impression that Linda Collins of Corsi Rovers was set to start she was named in the starting 15 and then again she's pulled out of the team so there's obviously a lot of confusion in the build-up amongst the players amongst the management amongst the fans no one really knew what was going on until just a number of hours before throwing so i know it was great for cork to have their star player in the team in orla cronin but that sort of build-up that disruption exactly that can't have helped matters especially in the fact as you mentioned this is such a young cork side with five debutants. So it's not like they were a team of experienced campaigners who are used to everything being thrown at them on the day of a big game. This was a young, inexperienced team at this level thrown into total disarray. So even though I know you want your best player to play, it seems that the disruption may have had an effect. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but to me, from the outside looking in, that just seems like a very disruptive build-up. It can't be ideal at all because the process Orla Cronin went through last week. There was first there was a hearings committee and there was the appeals committee, and her um, her plea to have a ban over turn was rejected by both. Um, with the I think it was the appeals committee was on the Friday night, so that put it to the DRA um, emergency hearing on late on Saturday evening. So of course that's not ideal at all because we're talking about an all-star Camogie player from 2020. Orla Cronin is a fantastic Camogie player. She's so key to the Cork, not alone her, her free-taking, but how she kind of links up defence and attack. And even like she's a playmaker as well. Like she's just such an important player for Cork. So for Cork last week, not to know that Orla Cronin is going to be available, of course it can. Like it must have been a disruption. Like they're not going to go and say that. You know, kind of they were they focused on, on, on their build-up and they named Linda Collins in, in the team and they named their team, I think it came up on Thursday or Friday, the team to start. But then obviously when Orla was granted that reprieve, Linda dropped to the bench, but then came on to again credit Linda Collins. She she made a great impact when she came off the bench. She helped set up Katrina Mackey's goal. So um just want to kind of a heads up to Linda Collins there because in the last two games. She was disappointed to be dropped to the bench, but every time she came on, she showed great character to make an impact. But back to Orla Cronin, obviously, yeah, it wasn't ideal. Um, Orla being the, the, the constant pro that she is, like, like I said earlier, she was superb on Sunday, one of Cork's best players. So 
it, it obviously didn't affect her. And I think Paddy Murray was saying afterwards in his after-match after reaction that they knew once it got to the DRA that she had a good chance of playing the game. And then, so again, that leads to more questions, probably for a later podcast about that whole disciplinary process and what it's all about, really. But um, I think you're right, Jack. It, it can't have been ideal. But saying that after the game, Paddy Murray is making no excuses whatsoever. He said the better team won. And Galway had the experience. They started better. They definitely finished a stronger team. So did there can't be any qualms at all that Galway were deserving winners. Um, but Cork's build up, there was a cloud over to a certain extent because of the will all start, won't you start conundrum? Yeah, I don't necessarily want it to be heard that we're making excuses for Cork when we're talking about this disrupted build-up but more from a Cork point of view could they have handled it any better themselves because when you take a look at Linda Collins who was the hero in the semi-final in her first year captain in the Cork side who knows it might be her only ever chance and she's being pulled from pillar to post in the build-up to the game as well and obviously you said she handled it brilliantly as a captain should with great character but on a personal level it must have been a difficult 24 48 hours for linda first she's in she's going to start as captain then she's out she's on the bench then of course she came on and did what she does best so probably none of what i'm putting out here really affected her but really difficult circumstances for her as well as for Lord and the entire panel so fair play to linda i'd say considering what she was through as well Exactly. And she gave a brilliant interview with Joe McCarthy in the Southern Star last week. And it was just after the Kilkenny game where Joe talked to Linda Collins about the disappointment of being dropped to the bench and didn't she come on the role that she had to had to play for Cork. And what came through in that interview with Linda was just how mature, how well she handled the whole situation and very much a team effort there. And that showed again when she came on came on the last day. Obviously, she'd have been disappointed not to start the Ireland final. What was nice though was that she still got to lead the team around at the start. It was kind of a, a unique that was, that, was a, that was an unusual one. It was, it, it was unusual, but it, it was an honour that Linda Collins is Cork captain. She got to lead the team on that pre-match parade. And to see 16 Cork players in that that um, that lineup was, was it was a bit unusual. But I think for Linda, like she's had such a good season and it's such an honour for her and for her club, of course, to be Cork captain. At least she had that. And like I said, when she came off the bench, she, she made an impact. But if you're looking at it from a from the Cork point of view, they couldn't have handled it any better, to be quite honest, because they didn't know right up to that Saturday night or even early Sunday morning that Ola Cronin was going to be available. And you have to start with your best team. And the best Cork team right now has to have Ola Cronin in it. She's that good. She's an exceptional Camogie player. And like I said, she proved her work on, on, on Sunday. It's just just a, just a pity Cork came up against a better, more experienced team that's further along their development than this Cork team is right now. But all is not lost. This car team is good enough. It's young enough. Um, Paddy Murray will hopefully be back in the hot seat next year. He's after 10 years now as the Cork Senior Camogie Manager. They've won four All-Irelands in that time. He'll see the potential in this team. Like They're going to get better. The likes of Fiona Keating, Searsha, Kira Sullivan. The, all, all these young guns who benefit from this experience. So as disappointing as it is now, um, I think Cork will bounce back. Yeah, certainly bodes well for the future of Cork Camogie. Now we're just going to take a quick break and coming up we're talking to Cork and Clannacilty footballer Sean White. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Clannacilty got their Premier Senior Football Championship campaign off to a winning start last Saturday week beating Island Rovers in the opening round and in a few moments we're going to hear from Clons 
Sean White. But before we do, Kieran, you were at that game. You were also at Era Oaks meeting with Carberry Rangers. So you got around on the opening weekend of the championship, saw four of the contenders in action. What were your own main takeaways from what you witnessed on the ground? Uh, it was a caveat, this chat with Sean White and Fairness of Sean, we were meant to have him on last week's podcast, but then the news broke on Tuesday night that Ronan McCarthy was, um, was not continuing on as Cork Senior Football Manager, so Sean was gracious enough to push that chat in for to this week's podcast, so thanks to Sean for that. So, um, yeah, the opening weekend, the, the, the County Football Championships was the weekend before last, and I saw four of the contenders um, Era Oak just up from the Senior A Football Championship, a really impressive win when they beat Calvary Rangers, and that's a very interesting group because that group also has Castlehaven and Newcestown. And Era Oak are always going to be the surprise packets. And by beating Ross in that first game, they've blown that group wide open now because next up for Carby Rangers is Newcestown. And Newcestown lost their opener to Castlehaven. So both Ross and Newcestown need to win this game because let's say Ross, if they lose to Newcestown, then they'll get into their final group game against Castlehaven, needing a win to avoid getting into the relegation and dogfight. And that's the last thing that Declan Hayes and Carberry Rangers want. So um, big game coming up for Carberry Rangers, big game coming up for Newcestown um, the weekend after this. On Aero Oak, I was fierce impressed for them, to be quite honest. Um, they, they, took the, they have momentum behind them right now. Their footballers are going well, their hurlers are going well, and they took that into this game. They finished so, so strong against Carby Rangers. They scored 182 points in the last 20, 25 minutes, and they're a team that could surprise a few. Um, all they need is one more good result, either against Haven or Lucistown, and they'll find themselves in the quarterfinals of the Premier Senior Football. And a team like Air Oak with nothing to lose and all to gain and with a momentum, they're quite dangerous. And in the second game I saw was at Clown Kilty Island Rovers uh, Premier Senior Football game as well and I think finished 310 to 11 points to, to Clown Kilty and that all adage goals win games and it did for Clown they got three them and they won Dara O'Shea who's a, a Kerry import he's um, his second season with the club he hit 2-5 uh, Ross Langs got a goal in the first half and Clown were, were, were quite impressive um, but I was more impressed with was how they dealt with the Island Rovers attack, because Island Rovers have Stephen Leonard, uh, Sean O'Donovan, Dan McOwen. Um, but Thomas Clancy, the clan fullback, actually held Stephen Leonard scoreless from the entire game. Um, I think Sean O'Donovan got one or two points, and Dan McOwen got a couple of frees. So how clan defensively set up, they dropped a lot of bodies back behind the ball when when um, did a great structure there when Island were trying to play their running game. And they just, um, they just didn't give any space for that uh, Island inside forward line to get on the ball and to cause havoc. So Clan were quite impressive. And, and a key man for them is Sean White. Um, that's why, like I said, Sean was good enough to have a chat with us because Clan are one of the sleeping giants of, of Cork senior football. Um, they've won, I think, nine senior football titles. That's the most of any of any West Cork club. Um, but they've flattered to deceive in, in recent times, but when you consider that the players they have at their disposal, you've Sean White and Mark White brought in with Cork, as is Liam O'Donovan, who's been dogged in injuries, and Maurice Shenley um, is in with the Cork team too. Thomas Clancy is a former Cork, uh, Cork senior as well. Then you have the likes of Joe Grimes and, and Darrow Shea, who've, who've come in the last couple of years and done quite well. They've looked at like Connor Daly, um, who, who impressed as well the last day. So they've a they have a strong squad there and it'd be interesting to see how they go in their next couple of games against Ballon College and the Bears. But this, I was impressed by what I saw from Clan. Um, but when I started with, with Sean White, 
You can sit down joined by my biggest fan here. But when I started our conversation with Sean White, I actually wanted to find out how he heard about Rona McCarthy um, not continuing as Cork football manager. Did he hear it like the rest of us or did they find out in advance? We're joined now on the Star Sport podcast by Clannan Kilty and Cork footballer Sean White. Um, we were going to have Sean on last week's podcast, but news broke last week about Rona McCarthy stepping down as Cork senior football manager. So Sean was was gracious enough to, to to hold on for a couple of days. So I hope it's worked the wait for you, Sean. But welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Just on Ronan McCarthy stepping down as Cork senior football manager for a, a moment, that news kind of came from a board from the blue um, early last week. What's it like from a player's perspective? Did it? Did you learn the same time as the rest of us? Um, yeah, I suppose. So we all learned on the same day, I suppose. Um, we just got informed just by, by um, management that Ronan would be stepping down. So, um, yeah, the same day and just, I suppose, through the same mediums as yourselves. Um, so no big, no big um, reveal that we weren't aware of it. Obviously, like I said, it came both from the blue. And right now, we don't know who the new next senior, the Cork senior football manager will be. Like that search is is ongoing, and we don't know how long that will take. But from a player's perspective, then is it almost like you're having to prove yourself again to this new boss, whoever that may be, in terms of the county championships around at the moment? That you want to prove, like I'm on the Cork panel, but I want to show the new the new boss that I deserve to stay on the Cork panel. Um, yeah, I suppose you can look at it that way. Um, I suppose. I suppose Ronan and the other management team would have been looking at all the past championships as well, you know. So, um, in terms of it being a new championship, it's probably no different. Um, so we're at our clubs and we're concentrating on the clubs. And I suppose that might be in the back of your mind nearly all the time. But as, as I say, every time you go out and you want to represent your club, I suppose you're, you're all trying to give your best regardless. So, um, whether the, ma- the new management might be there or, you know, it's, it's just, I suppose, about representing the club and doing your best for them at the time that you're playing with them. And Clannock Hill did a super start to the County Premier Senior Football yeah. Championship the weekend before last. A, a 3 10 to 11 point win against Island Rovers and Ross Carvey. I was there myself. And they say goals win games. Clan got them at all the right time, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we managed to get one in the first half and things were kind of nip and tuck um, just towards the end of the first half there. And I think we actually, like, there was only a point or two in, in the difference at the time. And um, a good ball in from Connor managed to find Mannix, who um, you know, actually had a great finish. And then it was in the second half, we. Dara took a great goal um, and then and then the penalty kind of came at the right time for us and I suppose we were just able to kind of push on from there to the end. Um, so yeah, we were happy enough with the performance and, and obviously just to get the win in the first round was, was important for us. And how important is it getting that win in the first round? Like for listeners who, who don't know, like this is obviously there's there's groups of four so teams have three group games and it's a top two then that'll advance to the, to the quarters. So getting that first win and getting off to the campaign on the front foot, like that's so, so important. Yeah, um, I suppose even looking back to last year, we, we happened to win our first game as well by, um, after beating Cargillion and we, had, we went on to actually not qualify from the group. Um, so I suppose we have, we have the same two games ahead of us now, Ballancolic next and, and then St. Finbar's. So um, I suppose in comparison to last year, we, we're just hoping to kind of, I suppose, just you know, push on maybe that little bit extra um, and close the gap on, on maybe the, the teams who are seen as the big two in the group, really. I was chatting to Thomas Clancy for the star ahead of the, the game against Island Rovers and I was just saying to him, I said, our, our clan like a sleeping giant in this county football championship. When you look at the calibre of players that clan can, can call on and he made a point that if everyone can get fit and get back together and get a couple of weeks together, that, that clan has the ability to do something. I presume you're, you're of the same thinking. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I suppose internally we would feel that we probably let ourselves down last year. Um, you know, we, we probably didn't give our, our best performance against Ballon College. I think we went eight, nil, eight points to nil down after about six or seven minutes. So um, we were kind of chasing the game. 
that actually had a knock-on effect then against St. Finbars because we had to beat them by you know, seven or eight points and the caliber of players they have, that's that's no easy feat and we ended up actually losing the match. So, um, yeah, I suppose internally this year um, with the lads who have you know come through on the park panel like Morris and younger lads who have come through with Fan and just if everyone, as you say, if we get everyone fit on the pitch because we did have four or five injuries again the last day, um, we'd be hoping to maybe you know get closer to the to the Bears and Dan and Collie over the next couple of weeks. And talking about players coming back, Jesus, it was brilliant to see Morris Shanley come on in the second half. I don't think he played since the Munster final last year. That was what November 2020, mm. and he's been dogged with hamstring injuries. So to see him back in the pitch, and he was involved in, in um, I think was he involved in the, the, the penalty, was it? Um, yeah, I think he was, yeah. Yeah, but just to see Morris back on the pitch playing again, like that's a huge boost, not alone to come. Absolutely, Mar- yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Morris is phenomenal there. But um, I suppose, yeah, it was just great seeing back. You know, I was kind of there for. His hamstring injuries too, and the struggle through all year, and you, you, you know, it's just, it's just great to see him join. He's put in the effort into the rehab that they'll finally to get back on the pitch. Because I suppose when you're friends with them, that's all you're, all you're looking for really is just to go get your friends back out on the pitch and get to play with them. So, um, yeah, everyone in Clan I'd say, and, and in the wider football community in Cork, probably delighted to see him back on the pitch. I think everyone's waiting to see Liam O'Donovan back as well. Jesus, that man has been so unlucky with injuries as well, and he's, he's such a key player for for a clan mm-hmm. like in. That injury he suffered, that was even before last year's county championship. Like he's he's missed a hell of a lot of football. So to get Liam back at some point would be a huge boost as well. Yeah, I know absolutely. Um, I suppose they, they've kind of gone through it now the last year together. Um, but it, they seem to be going through the rehab and stuff together. So um hopefully Liam isn't too far away. Um so yeah, we'd be hoping to get Liam back in the next couple of weeks as well. And as you say, it'd be, be a huge boost to us again if, if we've any aspirations going further in the county championship. What were the big positives you took from the win against Island Rovers besides actually getting the win? Um, I suppose we over the last couple of weeks we kind of I suppose we've kind of come together and kind of come up with a a, a format of how we wanted to play and I suppose we, we did feel that as a team on the day we did manage to implement that you know um, I suppose over the past couple of seasons we've been so cautious of, of giving away goal scoring opportunities and so I suppose just just happy to kind of crack down on the number of goal opportunities we we're giving away to the opposition um, and I suppose then just to contribute on the other side of the field ourselves and score the goal opportunities because as I said goals and do end up winning games and um, look, it was it was clear to see the last day that look, we just happened to get the goals and, and, and thankfully we did. It was very noticeable against Ireland like like whenever, whenever Ireland had the ball like Clan fell back you got a, you were very structured behind the ball and you offered up just, I can't think of any chances that maybe Dan McOwen right at the end the deepest yeah, shot I think but yeah. like, you look at a Thomas Clancy keeping Leonard scoreless throughout the, the whole yeah. game and it forced Ireland to try and shoot from distance and they just mm-hmm. they just couldn't pick off the point. So from a defensive setup, it worked a treat against Ireland. Yeah, um, I suppose and I would say yeah, defensively we probably didn't give up um any real goal scoring opportunity, which we you know as a defence we would have been happy with. Um, but I suppose the knock on effect of kind of bringing you know, as much people as as many people as we did back was we probably do have the forwards and their pace up the other side of the pitch. So I suppose the the defensive benefits are there, but if we actually do manage to turn over the ball to to get it forward when there's obviously so much space for our forwards to run into, it seems to so it seems to benefit them as well, and then um, that actually led to our first and uh, third goals, I think. So so you know, it, uh, the benefits defensively and I suppose from an offensive point of view are, are both there to see. I have to ask you about your brother Mark as well. He's uh, the the clown goalkeeper for for people who weren't there in the ten minutes of the first half. Mark took off up the field in a disurging run, but it kind of ended in the around Ireland's forty five, and he went down. Took a bit of a knock, and he in fairness to him, he got a bit of treatment, hobbled back, and he he struggled on for the rest of the game. But you you could see he wasn't entirely comfortable. And I, I know Owen Ryan was telling us after that it's probably part of the plan to get Mark more involved this year. And we've seen it with goalkeepers in football now that they're becoming more and more prevalent up the field. But um, mm-hmm. 
it's it's interesting to see that development in terms of in terms of football, Sean. That goalkeepers are becoming the fifteenth outfield player. Yeah, I suppose absolutely, and I suppose probably a knock on of way the way the kick out has gone. Um, you know, usually you'd have probably taken a short kick out and given it back to the keeper, and the keeper would have just hand passed it off. Whereas now that you're not actually allowed to give it straight back to the keeper, kind of you know you have to give it back to somebody else maybe first. And by the time that Mac probably gets the ball back, he's already in space, so it almost leads on to I suppose Mac top push up the pitch. Um, and yeah, look, Mac. He, he played outfield for us there for a while last year in the league and things, so he's, he's no stranger to being further up the pitch as well. But, um, yeah, I, think, I don't know now. He was probably a bit shook after the last day after, you know, taking the thump. Um, he was walking fairly gingerly on the leg, but um, I think he, he'll, be, he'll be fine. I think it was just a dead leg, so um, it seemed fairly promising after the match. So he, he, he should be okay. <laughs> what I actually enjoyed, it was during the second, I think, either 45 or or I think it was Garrod Barry kind of shouted back for, for Mark to come up and I said Mark didn't know what to do because, like I said, he he, he was limping along. But um, but the overall strength of this clan team, like Darrow O'Shea got 2-5 and OK, he gets the headlines. But the young fella, like you said, there, Conor Daly, involved in the two goals, to see those fellas come up along is very encouraging as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose there are, there are a number of lads who would be involved in the football panel that would have you know, coached um, these lads underage. So, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be like new faces coming into the panel. They'd have, you know, they'd have maybe been around a few of the lads in terms of underage sets and things like that. So um yeah, no, it's great to see people coming through. Um it's that's all we need really if we're going to be in contention for the next couple of years. And I suppose that's where everybody in clan wants to see clan football and um, to be in contention maybe for county championships. So um as I said, the more people that we can get through from the underage, um, the more successful we might be um, and I suppose that senior. You have a strong management team in place this year, and obviously Holly O'Neill is back in his coach, and he's a man who knows how to win county championships. What does Holly bring to the setup? Um, I suppose just an overall, probably just um, I suppose everyone in clan respects Holly for what he's done for clan football. So I suppose from a starting point, there's obviously just that huge respect that all the players would have had for him from from what he's done um, in in previous years. Um, and then I suppose the backroom team, we would have worked with Neil Deasy under 21 when we had a few successful under 21 teams um, over a few years. So Neil would have been our coach back then. Um, so I suppose just just having that, I suppose, respect from Holly from what he's done in the past and, and having worked with Neil ourselves, you know, so I suppose just trying to give it give it our all for them um, is, is probably what's just working is working well for us at the moment. Um, and I suppose, look, it's just the, what the plan that they're trying to reinforce is obviously something we've all bought into this year. So... Hopefully we can push on now again in, in the next couple of games. And the next game is against Bandon College. Looking there, it's September 25th and Ireland yeah. take on the Bears in the same group on the same day. But that game against Bandon College, like you, you referenced it earlier, that, that's a game where you skipped up um, last year. So that's probably front and centre in, in your minds right now. Are you really going to target that game? Because if you win that game and if the other game goes the way most people think it, it will go, you could almost book your quarterfinal spot with a game to spare, which is the ideal scenario. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I suppose we'll just take every game as it comes. To be honest, um, but as as I said earlier, like we we felt that last year we kind of we gave ourselves a massive hill to climb in the start of the match. As I said, I think I think it was eight nil after about six or seven minutes. Um, I think we got it back to about four or five in the in the middle of the first half. But I suppose just from giving that extra effort to try to pull the match back, we seemed to tire towards the end of the match and Van Colic pulled away again. And with the way the groups are kind of formatted now, the scoring difference just. Came against us completely last year when we were going into play the bears. So um we won't look past Ballon College to be honest. Um, it'll be a huge game for us. And look if if it'll just be, I suppose, a big um a big check to see how far we might have come in the last 12 months. Um basically, so so that's all we're looking forward towards uh, at the moment. 
How much do you look forward or enjoy being back in with the club, obviously, and with the Cork footballers for such a huge chunk of the year, didn't finish well in the Munster final, but it was straight back into clan din, clan football, clan hurling. Do you is is it a like how much do you enjoy the club side of it? Oh no, it's yeah, it's, um, it's great. Um I suppose there's there's you get to play with people that I suppose throughout the year you're probably only just seeing outside sports fields. Um whereas when you actually get to play with them, then as I said, you know, with like I referenced Morris earlier getting to play with your friends, but that's but like there's there's loads of other friends you have as well in Clan that you probably wouldn't get to play with in otherwise just during the year and stuff. And I suppose look, we've all we've all played for Clan for I don't know, I've played for Clan since I was I don't know, six or seven. Um so do you know, so it's all about you know, you just want to go back playing with your club and I suppose trying to bring them on as much as possible as we can. Um so it's just a big huge effort really and I suppose when you do get to go back playing with the, the club team, then you're you're just happy to do that. Oh, brilliant. Oh, the best of luck in the weeks ahead. I know you've a busy few weeks, uh, football and hurling, Sean. So hope it all works out. Perfect. Thanks so much, Ken. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we wrap things up this week, as always, we're going to preview Thursday's Southern Star Sports section. So, Kieran, what? can readers look out for this week what is on your list of recommendations to read i imagine everything but if you were to pick just a handful i'm gonna go with everything jack it's that good again um the county hurling championship started last weekend and there was a lot of west cock action too uh bending got off on the wrong foot they lost their opener but news is true against father o'neill's and uh, they're actually denied uh, what would have been a big win for news town with a, with a late father o'neill's goal there was a um Huge game between Kilbritton and Argadine that Jamie Walls, Kilbritton won, and Barry Roll lost to Belly Garvin. So we've all those reports and reaction in, in this week's um, Southern Star. I also caught up with young Finn O'Reilly. He's a young skibbering rower who's had a great summer. He won a World number 23 silver medal, and, and he also won three titles at the National Rowing Championships. And Finn probably sailed under the under the radar a small bit in recent weeks and months because of what 